Welcome to the Crying in My Cheesecake podcast. I am Danielle, your host, and this is episode five of this new um, thing I'm doing with vulnerability and um, sharing my miscarriage story. Here we go. Stuff and suffer. I dug out the remains from the rubble of the towers. For two weeks, I was methodical, a scientist. I did what was asked of me. I did my job. I never shed a tear. I was proud of that. All these years, I never let myself feel it. And this was from the character Temperance Brennan from Bones, the series, um, season eight, episode seven. I watched this episode of Bones and felt something resonate in me. So much so that I paused it, hit rewind on Netflix and played it again. Methodical. Scientist. Did what was asked of me. My job. Never shed a tear. Proud. Never let myself feel it. Those words describe me to a T. I tend to be very methodical. Do what is asked and expected of me. Even if they are my own expectations. I do my job and I don't shed a tear. I pride myself on that. And I pride myself on not letting myself feel the pain or used to. My first experience with miscarriage may as well have been the perfect example of what not to do. I was working as a teacher at an inner city school. It was my second year of teaching and I was wrapped up in the needs of my students and the school. My marriage relationship struggled. The relationship with my friends, I had suffered. I wrapped my emotions and this problem in a cocoon and hid it deep within myself. I didn't allow myself to feel that first miscarriage. And I was proud of that. Nothing, not even a miscarriage could stop me. I was an iceberg, shiny and beautiful on top. But beneath that was the 90% of me hiding, hiding everything painful in the depths of my being. And it got heavy and it got deep. Three months later, it got too heavy. I couldn't stuff any longer. I started downsliding big time. I couldn't hide behind food, working, volunteering, and I definitely couldn't get my hands on enough alcohol, parties, or sleep enough. But this miscarriage experience was different. God wasn't going to allow me to just stuff and suffer. He wanted me to deal with the emotions head on, ride that roller coaster, and actually experience the circumstances. The morning after my surgery, a Saturday, my husband had to leave for a military drill. He was over an hour from the house, and I was just 24 hours out from surgery and had to somehow care for my kids. By 10 in the morning, I started to struggle. I felt like a tidal wave was crashing over me. I was laying on the couch wrapped in my favorite blanket, the color of the ocean. My son was lying on my right side and my daughter sitting near my head on my right as well. The soft brown microfiber of the couch cushioning my left side. My body began convulsing. My son slowly leaned into me. I convulsed more. My face crumbled, flooded with tears. Silent tears and silent emotions leaving my body. My knees somehow found their way to my chest and my body formed into that ball facing the couch. I don't know where my two children were at the time because I was oblivious to the happenings around me. I don't remember a cry I've had that began so low in my gut that physically morphed me into another position and another dimension. In fact, I felt the sorrow of this loss so deep in my being that I was unaware of my surroundings. I calmed down some. My body began relaxing, but I was still in a ball, and tears seemed to be in a permanent position at the bottom of my eyes. I could barely see. I grabbed my phone, 
Was this me reaching out for help? As I sent that first text, I thought, this isn't like you. What are they going to think of you now? You really aren't as strong as you think you are. No one responded to my texts. The thoughts continued. Ha, you're not as strong as you think you are, you fool. And I opened my Bible and happened upon Luke 145. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. So I reached out one more time to a dear friend via text. And I, and I wrote, I'm struggling emotionally today. I definitely need prayer. God keeps nudging me to reach out for prayer right now, transparently. Her response, he is faithful. He will fulfill his promises to you. He is enough. He is with you. Her response was such a great reminder of what I already knew. He is faithful and he will fulfill the promises he's given me. Those promises do not change in any of my circumstances, good or bad. In fact, it reminded me that we need to experience everything that we are going through right now because life is still going on. The world doesn't stop for our circumstances. God is teaching us in every single moment, even the emotional waves that come upon us. He is still there and present with us. My husband is a connoisseur of internet sensations, and there's this one that is so relatable and honestly a great reminder. It's it, I'm sure you've heard it by now. It's the ain't nobody got time for that. I don't have time three months from now to have a breakdown like I did with my first miscarriage. I don't have time to spiral downwards. In three months, I have no idea what will be on my plate, but I know for sure God didn't intend for me to be dealing with this fresh, debilitating emotions of this miscarriage at another time. So how do we deal with this? How do we begin dealing with our circumstances correctly or um, not necessarily correctly, but in the moment? I'm not here to boast or say what I did was necessarily right because I'm sure it wasn't. Not even my second time around was it perfect. I do believe we have a perfect example in Jesus, though. Some of you may have asked the question, how could God allow this to happen? Or maybe he just does allow bad things to happen to good people. Those are great questions indeed. God is a God of love. He is the same God that parted the Red Sea. Even after the Israelites continued to sin against him, he loved them so much that the seabed was dry. When he parted that sea, that seabed was dry. He saved them from their enemies. But our world is full of sinners and full of evil. The enemy prowls around like the roaring lion ready to attack. I envision going to a zoo and looking at the lions, like that lion area. They seem so precious and like sweet and just magnificent. And you are drawn to them. Yet they're intimidating. They are always just lying in wait or pacing in wait for something. Sometimes they're lying down, but you can still tell that they are ready and waiting. Have you seen a lion feeding? The gnarly lapping up of every single piece of raw meat. Guess what? We are that juicy raw meat that the enemy wants to pounce. We look delicious. So delicious that our enemy's jowls drool when he sees an opportunity to get us. We are always going to have battles in this world. And miscarriage just happens to be one of ours that we share. Miscarriage is a perfect time for the enemy to get us off track and pounce us. We are off our games and don't even try to pretend because been there, done that twice. Even though this time I knew better and knew where to focus, I was still vulnerable. I would suggest that we 
that we do what Jesus does in his suffering. When we take a look at Mark 8, 31 through 34, then he began to teach them that the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by elders and chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed after three days and rise and rise again. He spoke plainly about this and Peter took him aside to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowds to him with the disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Jesus is God. We were created in God's image. We are to resemble and live a life the way Jesus led his on earth. He's our example. If Jesus, a man without perfect, without sin, perfect God suffered, then we're going to too. I would also wager that in our circumstances right now that we are consumed by this situation. We're at a loss. We feel like we have nothing. Our emotions are rampant. And yet this is still going on around us. This is the perfect time for the enemy to pounce us. We are down on ourselves and on and our situation is bleak. But Jesus says aloud, get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but the things of men. Are you able to speak up and tell Satan to get behind you? Are you? You see, Satan wants to turn your mind away from God and make you focus on the things of this world, things of men and human concerns. In fact, some of the newer NIV versions use the terminology mere human concerns. Let me connect the dots for you. Miscarriage, the emotions, the pain, the agony, the questions. These are all things that happen on this side of life. While the pain and agony are very real in front of us, we must be so steadfast in our faith, though, that when we realize the pain of miscarriage is merely human concern, ouch, this circumstance, the reality of this side of the earth can deter us from the concerns of God and thus fall prey on, on or fall prey to that roaring lion. So when you think, so when you notice Satan trying to get a foothold, stop him in his tracks by verbally rebuking him, just like Jesus did. Get behind me, Satan. Let's look at what Jesus says right after he tells Satan to leave him alone. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Uh, what? Just like that. <clears throat> just like that, we tell Satan to get. Just like that, we verbally tell Satan to take a hike and then we take up our cross and follow Jesus. A disciple is someone that is a follower or learner of Jesus. So in this moment, you have a few decisions to make. Maybe more of a perspective change. You can totally choose to stuff and suffer. But let me tell you, that is the most tragic and difficult path to choose. It is painful and dark and lonely even. Or you can decide to take heed and realize what miscarriage really is. Merely a human concern. Once you fully, fully internalize that idea, then you'll be able to sink your soul into the capital T truth and realize when and where the enemy is trying to get a foothold in your life. Verbally rebuke him then pick up your cross and do what God has intended for you in your life. Keep on moving. Don't stop. For you know your Savior suffered as a man on earth. Find comfort in him. I'd love to say that the pain of miscarriage goes away, but it never fully does. 
It will be alive in you until the day you take your last breath. But this moment and every single moment that comes after, don't choose to stuff and stuff and suffer. Allowing the enemy a foothold in your life. Your God has so much more planned for your life and for his kingdom. Once you realize that, you'll begin to find your confidence and comfort again. If you enjoyed this episode, you can support this show by going to buymeacoffee.com slash CIMC.